Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Wednesday, the 26th of October. First up, Twitter employees make insane demands of Elon Musk in leaked letter. 75% of staff set to be fired. We are now just hours away from Elon Musk taking control of Twitter, and the employees are uh, revolting. No, no, not like that. They are revolting against him and have, have dared to give him a list of demands. Uh, I don't think that Elon Musk deals with lists and demands from, from underlings very, very well. This is the classic entitled uh, Silicon Valley mindset. Um, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be absolutely amazing. Twitter employees send open letter protesting Musk possibly cutting 75% of employees. And look, let me say this. If you work there, I 100% understand being concerned by that number. Like, see, that's a reasonable concern. You know, it's like, oh, if he said like, uh, if he said like, oh, I'm going to cut 20% of staff and I was a hard worker and I, I felt like I was adding value, like I wouldn't really be that worried. But like 75% means he's probably cutting a bunch of people that are probably decent workers. Um, they're like, there's definitely going to be some, some people hit by strays here that are good people. They're not like the crazy blue hair pro censorship people that everyone thinks. Look, maybe Twitter is actually like full of these people. I don't think it is, but maybe. Um, is it you know is it possible that hundred percent of people that work there are far left wing lunatic pro censorship people? I think it's extremely unlikely. So a lot of the you know the face of the Twitter employee that 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 probably isn't true. Although I could be wrong. So Twitter employees have begun circulating an open letter criticizing Elon Musk's plan to cut 75% or replace, sorry, 75% of employees at the company. The letter comes at the time Mr. Musk told investors last week that he plans to cut 75% of the company's 7,500 employees, downsigning the workforce to about 2,000 people. The open letter calls the proposed firings, quote, reckless and has a list of demands. It's probably not a great time to be making demands. You have no power here. It's a private company. Like you have even less power now. You can tweet about it, you can whine about it, you can do whatever. But like let me tell you something, almost everyone there is replaceable. And if he if he can keep 2000 positions, that's a lot of high value staff that the dude can keep. I mean, WhatsApp which serves 400 million people had a staff of 50. Okay, so I don't want to hear that you need 5,000 employees. The open letter calls for proposed firings. Reckless has listed as including a fair severance program, which I would agree with, okay, for um, and the continuation of a permanent work-from-home model. Not going to happen. Uh, I saw a meme going around where it's like, Elon Musk agrees to allow the permanent work-from-home program because you're not going to be working here anyway. Mr. Musk has been open in the past about his disdain for remote work environment at his own companies, and most suspect that he should, should he take control of Twitter, we now know he's going to, most employees will have to return to the office. Well, that'll be an easy cut right there, right? You know what I mean? Look, I'm actually against remote work too. Um, I, I ran uh, a, a, the marketing department 
of an internet incubator company, which was a, a company that, you know, we had like 10 different websites. We also had a search marketing agency inside of our building that we, you know, that uh, worked for our various companies that we incubated. The idea was to build up these companies and then sell them, which we did successfully for a lot of, a lot of years. And I was at like kind of the forefront of the work from home thing. I would let people work from home one day a week. Um, and then even that became like getting, a, you know, getting reckless. We had to install special software to make sure that they were still working like Odesk and stuff like that. If I remember if you guys ever used that, like um, to, to know how many hours people were putting in and it was like a total disaster. Um, and so I just said, how about we just have four day work weeks? Because then at least I don't. Uh, have the expectation that you're working. I just know you're not working. And, um, you know, I felt like, you know, there's really no substitute for being in the same room and bouncing ideas off each other. Um, people say, oh, Slack's the same. And this, it's not. It's just not. I've worked in both environments, you know? So I, I'm definitely, and by the way, literally all of my employees at the quartering are remote. So Ben... Um, Steve and Al, they're all remote. Um, Maggie, uh, is, re is remote four days a week and she only lives 10 minutes away. So I've had to deal with this kind of like, well, plus, you know, it's hard to find a thumbnail guru in, in the cornfields of Wisconsin, but, um, you know, that's why, I mean, ideally I'd have them all here in the office. I would be getting way more production out of all of them. Guaranteed. It's just the system. That's just the way it works. Uh, especially if I choose to stay you know, Wisconsin, if I want to move to like Austin or, um, you know, LA, LA or New York, I could have people probably, you know, come into the office. The letter also hints at fears of ideological discrimination. Should he take over quote, we demand that leadership does not discriminate against workers on the base of their race, gender or orientation. All these things are fine or political beliefs. <laughs> We also demand safety for workers on visas who will be forced to leave the country um, they work in if they're laid off. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true. They would have, I assume, some time to go get a different job. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Some experts have also cited operational concerns with large layoffs at a social media company like Twitter. Concerns regarding the internal presence of Twitter has one of the most popular social media platforms were echoed in the letter. Quote, Twitter has significant effects on societies and communities across the globe. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. As we speak, Twitter is helping uplift independent journalism in Ukraine and Iran, as well as powering social movements around the world. How do 5,000 employees in America change that? Or like, you know, what, what does that even mean? You know, like, what is that? Like, what difference does that make? You know, in time reviewed a draft of the open letter circulating among Twitter employees uh, to make their demands. Here's the full text of the letter. Staff, Elon Musk, and board of directors. We, the undersigned Twitter workers, believe... I don't, I don't know if they'll still have a board of directors once they're private, privately owned either. We, the undersigned Twitter workers, believe the public conversation is in jeopardy. No, that's the problem. See, it has been in jeopardy for the past five years because you... Isn't it ironic? Isn't it like throw your head back and laugh? Hilarious that Twitter employees are concerned about ideological discrimination based on or based on political beliefs. 
Isn't that a pretty funny demand to make? Isn't it? I think it is. Now, rhetoric, Elon's plan to lay off 75% of Twitter workers will hurt Twitter's ability to serve the public conversation. A threat of this magnitude is reckless, undermines our users and customers' trust in our platforms as transparent act of worker intimidation. Twitter has significant effects on societies and communities across the globe as we speak, blah, blah, blah. A threat to workers at Twitter is a threat to Twitter's future. Who, you know, like who, who sits, like, I don't know about you. I've worked, again, I, I've had the entryest level of entry-level jobs, washing dishes for the first two years of my life. Then I worked retail. Then I worked in business. Then I worked, I mean, and none of these places would I ever consider making a list of demands to my boss. I would just have found a different job. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so weird and entitled. They threaten our livelihoods, access to essential health care, and the ability of for visa holders to stay in this country they work in. We cannot do our work in an environment of constant harassment and threats without our work. There is no Twitter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Twitter will be fine without you. We, the workers at Twitter, will not be intimidated. Well, you sound scared. We recommit to supporting the communities, organizations, and businesses who rely on Twitter. We will not stop serving the public conversation, but you're not serving the public conversation. See, that's the thing. We call on Twitter management and Elon Musk to cease these negligent layoff threats. As workers, we deserve concrete commitments so we can continue to preserve the integrity of our platform. You don't deserve anything. It's like, what's interesting to me is that you have this entitlement. What you ha what you work for is a company called you're an at will employee. You can be fired at any time. I guess I don't know if the state Twitter's in as an at will employer, but everywhere I worked here in Wisconsin, you were an at will employee. Your job owes you nothing other than like paying you for the time that you put in legally, right? They don't owe you job security. They don't owe you anything. Now, uh, maybe you should have been more concerned with. It seems like they're so they're so worried about the public conversation, something that they've been finely tuning and crafting to um, prop up the political candidates that they like, that they think are best for the country. It's actually enraging to read this. We demand respect, safety, protection, and dignity. What? Bro, what are you, eight years old? Go get a different job. If you don't like it, leave. If you don't like it and you have a lot of value to add, there's a hundred thousand other companies you could go work for. All right. Nobody owes you a job. Nobody owes you. Okay. Safety is reasonable, but let's see how they define safety. We demand that leadership does not discriminate against workers. Based okay. So no, I'm talking about like, you know, roof panels, ceiling panels falling on your head. Like we also demand safety for workers on visas. We demand leadership be respectful. Respect the platform and the workers who maintain it. I guarantee you that Elon Musk laughed his head off. He opened up like a Pez dispenser and chortled hilariously loud when he got this. Like, how out of touch are you? The economy is very rough right now. I believe next year is going to be far worse. So, you know, make your purchase decisions wily or wisely. Uh, all these Twitter employees, which are probably severely overpaid, and looking at what the opportunities are right now, they should be filling out their resumes and trying to sh and try to find a different job now. Because I don't think Elon Musk really cares about your feelings at all, and neither do I. I just want Twitter to stop with the shadow banning and de-boosting and equally enforce their rules 
and I think it becomes instantly better when they do that. And next up today, MXR Plays quits channel after YouTube upholds absurd strike. Well, YouTube's uneven enforcement of their own terms of service strikes again, and this time it's led to MXR Plays being forced to abandon a channel with several million subscribers, uh, and it's just extraordinarily frustrating. I covered this story earlier this week, and by the way, um, you know, shout out to MXR Plays and their viewers too. You all have been very kind. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed. There was a sub purge on Sunday night, so uh, make sure you're still subscribed. And if you haven't yet, hopefully today will be the day you consider it. I put out five to six videos a day every day during the week, plus Saturdays, uh, to keep everyone informed. Just to give everyone a, uh, a brief update. MXR Plays tweeted out on October 21st, regardless of the absurdity of a strike when we get back in... Oh, I'm sorry. It says, we got an unwanted... We got a second strike for unwanted, you know, spicification of Gordon Ramsay. We poorly edited his face onto a bikini-clad girl playing Twister. We genuinely had no idea that this wasn't allowed. He isn't even a woman. If we get one more strike, our channel gets deleted. Please help. YouTube team YouTube re response and says, hey, we'll take a look at it. Then I talked to uh, Henry directly and uh, last night, and he said that the strike is going to stay uh, and that he's not, and that YouTube is not going to overturn it, which is obviously insanity. Uh, so then they uh, put out this video yesterday and they're essentially being forced to abandon MXR Place for a channel that, uh, you know, their, their, their alt channel of 200,000 subscribers. Why? Because their next strike means channel termination. And it's, it's just too risky for them to upload at all to that channel anymore, which is insanity. Certainly this type of clip, uh, this type of, um, you know, video is very common on YouTube. And um, I thought, well, I wanted to, first and foremost, kind of help them out by letting people know that they've moved over to MXR Plus, which is their back, their, um, back catalog channel. Um, but this is a little bit of uh, what they said. Pretty huge news to share today. Not necessarily the greatest news, but it could be worse. As you may or may not have noticed, you're currently watching a video on MXR Plus and not MXR Plays. <laughs> because we're actually planning on uploading our reaction videos to this channel for the next two months. So if you wanted to continue watching our normal videos, please, please consider subscribing to this channel. Migrating channels is not something I take lightly. Like I would only do it if the circumstances became extremely dire. And they have. So essentially in this video, he talks about a couple of the strikes that they've gotten. And look, I know that they kind of toe the line with their thumbnails here and there. But like, we're not talking about, I mean, there are people doing yoga on this platform completely in the buff. All right, there's all sorts of types of just just horrible videos. Well, I mean, that's not what I would consider horrible, but you know, there's people who take advantage. I mean, take a look at like the ASMR category. It's basically like softcore prawn, okay? They react to videos. They, they I'd say they do more than a good faith effort in terms of like, censoring or, or blurring out things that would break terms of service. So they end up reacting to 
and one video they react to a girl who is like hanging out the window uh of her car and then falls out and she's totally fine like uh so it's not even like something you would call like very very bad they get a strike for that because i don't know they're promoting bad behavior or something like that then they talk about that's that's an active strike right now and then they get another strike here for taking a badly cropped head of you know gordon ramsay and putting it on somebody in a bikini like it's actually insane so now they have two strikes boys i can hire could have ever saved me from this i'm pretty sure most of you would have watched this clip and have had no idea that this was a strike i can hire now uh, here he talks about how just how absurd it is as a content creator to try and like figure out what the heck you can even do of other ways i could get a strike like i thought i knew the rules i do not know the rules this isn't even expressly stated in their guidelines no amount of rule reading editor reviews human reviews employees i can hire could have ever saved me from this i'm he's 100 percent right Pretty sure most of you would have watched this clip and have had no idea that this was a strike. Agreed. I think most normal humans wouldn't have ever seen this coming. I am traumatized by this situation and moving forward, I will be doubting everything I do. I will be second guessing every edit that I make and I will most likely never feel safe from being banned again at this point. And so that. Now, Team YouTube, is this the environment you really want for your creators? This is a channel with just under 2 million subscribers being forced to abandon it because, I mean, it's just unclear. Like, I understand even Team YouTube's position here where they say, like, well, we can't really tell you exactly every little thing um, that will get you a strike because then people will just run right up to the line. They, they can't tell us the line because they know people will just constantly run up to the line figure out ways around it. I actually understand and sympathize with that. But like, can we perhaps, Team YouTube, consider more warnings, for example, or uh, videos being removed without strikes? Um, I think, you know, you could have a secondary category of like, here's a warning, we think it, we took it down and we think you were naughty. Then you could have like, hey, we took it down, we think that you were bad, but it was like a gray area strike, so we're not giving you a strike. I think that kind of punishment, first of all, and they could even say, and we're not paying you for it, right? So like that kind of punishment would probably be just as, uh, just as much of a deterrent, having your, your video removed and also having, you know, taking, losing out on the money on it. I think that's enough of a deterrent for most creators. Uh, at least have this as an option to deploy because right now, you know, MXR plays will probably get a third strike at some point. And this is a reality that actually talked talk to Henry. Uh, like, that means MXR Plus will be gone too. Like, you don't actually get... So I used to have the secondary channel, Midwestly, that I would upload to. And I was always like, oh, I could build this up in case something ever happens to my YouTube channel. My main YouTube channel. Wrong. Wrong. When you have strikes, you can't move to other channels. And if you have a channel that gets banned, you cannot rely on a backup channel. So I know he probably feels like he's making a, a smart move here. And I, I guess I understand that, um, especially for like reaction content, but like a backup channel really isn't much of a backup anymore. It used to be because 
YouTube will just nuke all your channels. And, you know, this is, I also told him he really needs to look at getting on Rumble, BitChute, and Odyssey. I know most people think, oh my God, there's so much, so, so many fewer viewers there. Yeah. But if you get banned, a large chunk of your viewers will come over. If you look at like the success Nick Ricada's had, let me show you another example of somebody that needs help too. Here's Chrissy Mayer. She has kind of become a household name in the comic, comic community, like, um, Friday Night Tights and stuff like that. She received a strike. I, mean, I just want to show you another example of uneven enforcement of their rules. She received a strike for reacting to like um, a public freakout in like a French fry shop. I think I even reacted to that. And she received a strike. And by the way, also Henry's appeal getting turned down is also another huge problem. She gets a strike for it, appeals it, instantly declines the appeal because no humans actually look at appeals, right? So she points out, I actually talked to her. She called me at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock on Sunday night when she got the strike and was like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, I've got this big content house going on and now I can't stream for a week. And I said, well, <laughs> all you can do is at team YouTube and hope and pray. And they review it. And they say, after third review from our team, unfortunately, this video won't be reinstated. Again, this would be one of those times where like, oh, this is making people look bad that we don't like to look bad. So we gave you, you know, we removed the video. Um, that's fine. It, it doesn't really necessitate a strike. And then I, I told her on the phone, pull up a bunch of examples of other people that have covered it. And so that's exactly what she did. NBC covered the video. NBC, another link, another NBC, Inside Edition. Fox 5, Hindustan Times, Fumi Denzalu Void, Univision, showing like dozens of, or at least 10 other examples of people covering the exact same video and not getting a strike. There's like, we're like independent content creators are like a second class citizen on this platform. And it's very frustrating. Most of us generate, I mean, I was streaming the other night to like 4,000 people while Comedy Central had 200 people watching them. Yet Comedy Central lives by an insane second tier set of rules that um, individual content creators never could. And like, let's be honest, who's making YouTube more money? It's, it's my channel significantly, but I don't live by these gilded rules. And then, you know, you could say the same thing essentially for any independent content creator. And it's just ridiculous. I don't think that it's unfair team YouTube. And I know they, they will watch this video and I really appreciate that. I don't think that it's unfair for us to ask for simply having universal rules. If Chrissy gets a strike for this video, then CBS, NBC, Inside Edition, all these other people should also get a strike. Don't you think? And also, don't you think maybe there's a better way to handle this, like just removing the video? And we already know that YouTube can cut out clips of videos automatically with the back end. What if the system just said, hey, we detected a clip that's a no-no in your video, and our system automatically removed it and even have, the, and then the video would even stay up. Why not have that? Have the AI automatically detect and just remove bad clips as opposed to striking channels. I mean, there, I feel like there are other solutions here, team YouTube that I'd be happy to talk to you about. Um, you know, I know I'm not Ethan Klein, but maybe Susan can give me a call and we can talk about, um, actually what it's like to be in the trenches on YouTube, because most of the people she talks to are gilded multimillionaires. They don't even live by the same rules we do, and they have no idea what it's actually like. Uh, I am very upset about MXR Plays being forced to do this. And also, 
Chrissy Mayer too as well. And next up, PayPal just got busted again trying to re-sneak $2,500 fine for customers into terms. Remember just a few weeks ago when it was discovered that PayPal had uh, instituted a $2,500 fine for its users if they found them to be spreading, quote, misinformation. There was a huge hullabaloo and everybody on Twitter got, uh, you know, got the message out there and people dropped PayPal like lots of people closed their PayPal accounts. And now, or, and I'm sorry, and then PayPal came out to say, well, it was just an oopsie doopsie. It was just an oopsie doopsie. Uh, we never really meant that, even though like basically... Um, everybody could see that they did mean it. In fact, there were some investigative tweeters out there that I covered um, that could basically prove unequivocally that, no, 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 this wasn't a mistake. You wrote it, you uploaded it, all this kind of stuff. Well, it looks like it's back. So just uh, two weeks ago, earlier in October, you saw this in the Washington Post and everywhere else, PayPal facing backlash after floating fines for, quote, sharing misinformation. Below the FTC narrow, um, you see PayPal face backlash is play, facing blowback after proposing rules that would have allowed it to fine its users $2,500 for promoting misinformation, which the online payment service has now called an error. Well, it's just really weird to me, folks. It's really, really weird to me that you could call this an error because, I mean, Somebody wrote it, somebody proofread it, somebody uploaded it to the website. There is no like, it's not like there's just one like Joe Webmaster who's managing his own little e-store um, selling duck calls, okay? There are probably dozens of people that had to approve that document before it ever went live, before it ever even, you know, and then of course there are people before that that had to approve the policy. So they tried to say it was a mistake, the update immediately sparked online uproar on the right, making it the latest instance of major online payment services facing heat over moderation practices. Look, here's the thing. It's not, the fine itself is odd, right? But the context is extremely, not the context, but the enforcement is impossible, right? Even here on YouTube or Rumble or Wherever, wherever you're watching this video, by the way, there was a big subscriber purge over the weekend. Please make sure you're still subscribed. And if you haven't yet, I would really appreciate it if you did. Um, and, I, and I appreciate everyone who already has. The problem is we don't even know what quote unquote misinformation is. We just saw, you know, basically, you know, we saw how many people getting banned from platforms over questioning certain um, things about the COOF only to find out later that, well, maybe they were right. Um, you know, information is liquid and knowing whatever the, or is fluid and like whatever the actually approved, like messaging, the science even seems like sometimes that changes as it evolves. And there were a lot of bands that got handed down because of that. So when you use a term like quote unquote misinformation, most of us know, okay, this is something that you put out knowingly and that's harmful. And it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. The way big tech views that, in my opinion, 
can be as simple as information we don't like. Um, there are people question, you know, like you're not allowed to question certain things, even if you're right, that's misinformation. So they try to trot this out as an error. Well, my friends, this is a current view of the PayPal user agreement. Like, and they snuck it back in. If you're a seller and receive funds for transactions that violate acceptable use policy, then in addition to being subject to the above actions, you will be liable to PayPal in the amount of PayPal's damages caused by your violations in the acceptable use policy. You acknowledge and agree that $2,500 US per violation of the acceptable use policy is presently a reasonable minimum estimate of PayPal's actual damages, including but not limited to internal administrative costs incurred by PayPal to monitor track violations, penalties, and this and that. So per violation, I just want to be clear, per violation. And it's like, oh, well, what if you're selling a book? Um, and, you know, you, you let's say you're selling a book or something. That. And by the way, let me refresh this so you know. Okay, let's go all the way to the top just so you see this is in real time, right? Uh, this agreement will be effective for all users as of September 19th. This is the PayPal user agreement full. You know, um, you can see, obviously, I just refreshed it. Um, and then let's go back down to here restricted. Now there probably are some things that like, uh, might, I might be okay with a, a fine. I, I don't know exactly what those things are, but I mean, if you made a case, you know, maybe something like that. Um, but the fine is, is insanity. Uh, actually, let me see if, okay, so let's see, use PayPal. Here's the actions we may take, suspending your eligibility, blah, blah, blah. And here it is. You see, I just refreshed it. It's back. I mean, are you kidding me? You could see just an FYI, uh, PayPal just put the $2,500 fine back into its terms of service. As soon as the outcry died down. Please retweet. Um, by the way, Venmo, I would assume, would also fall under this, given uh, the, you know PayPal owns Venmo. I mean, it really isn't, you know, isn't uh, really a case for, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that it was a mistake anymore, right? I don't believe that it was a mistake because you put it right back up as soon as everybody moved on. There are many ways that you can pay for things, including just using your actual credit card. I was wrong about, um, I said something about you needed it to buy stuff on eBay. I was incorrect there. Um, not that these companies are any better, but you could also set up Google Pay or Amazon Pay uh, for now. Um, even as just like a temporary screw you to PayPal, um, there's parallel economy. There's, um, I, I know that a lot of you will put options in the description or in the comment section for people to check out. Also, you know, you can basically buy whatever you want from, you know, other sources. So if the place that you want to buy from is, is like requiring that you use PayPal, you can also reach out to them and say like, Hey, would you take a check, you know, or, uh, like a money order or something like that. 
probably, you know, most people probably wouldn't, but uh, you can also find that product from somewhere else. You can let somebody know, hey, I want to buy from you, but I'm not using PayPal. So, you know, you as a seller, unless you add other options, like people will react to that. Like if somebody said, hey, I want to back you as a creator on your locals page or your subscribe star, but I don't want to use PayPal, like I'm going to figure out how to how to get that support. And I think most small businesses would too. So, and any big business probably has multiple options for uh, payment on stuff anyway. So, yep, PayPal got caught again. It is live right now. Make sure you spread this video around, you spread the news. Uh, And I think it's probably time for a lot of people to reconsider payment options, even if it is a kind of a pain in the rear to move stuff around. I think that it's probably worth it from like a, from just like a, you know, protecting your rights perspective, because this was extremely slimy. And next up, Ethan Klein just got destroyed for trying to cancel another creator again. H3 Podcast versus Keemstar. Never a dull day when uh, we have all of the goings on here on YouTube. This now between uh, Ethan Klein continuing to flail and refuse to accept any responsibility has now graduated to the crabs in a bucket stage of his melty where he is trying to drag down other creators and get them strikes in this particular case it's keemstar of course it is because their their feud runs deep i feel like there's something that happened between them that we don't know about that's that's like because it's like this unnatural hatred like people think that like I mean, like, I never think about Ethan Klein. He doesn't bother me. It's just part of my job to, like, cover the things that he does. There's zero emotion there. But, like, with these two, there definitely is emotion. And it's a little weird. Like, maybe maybe they need to kiss already. I'm not exactly sure. You no, know, everything, uh, you know, on the heels of um, Mr. West being uh, deplatformed or removed from basically everything at this point, uh, Ethan Klein took the opportunity to uh, make it about him, which is, of course, hilariously predictable, but also like just a weird continual reminder that he just still hasn't taken any responsibility for for crossing the line. Look, I'm not saying the guy's got to apologize to the world or what, but it's just like maybe accept that, hey, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. We're all, it seems like YouTube now, by the way, is issuing strikes more than ever. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but it's weird. And, you know, I'm sure I'll get one and I'll get an unpaid week off. And it'll probably be because I did something stupid or said something stupid too. You've got to kind of own that. But instead of that, what does Ethan do? Try to get Keemstar canceled by saying, now that everyone is concerned about uh, anti-Semitism, I'd like to remind everyone that Keemstar told his audience to tweet at me something terrible. Um, This is the person that started the outrage machine about my apparent anti-Semitism towards Ben Shapiro. Now, this was February 15th, 2017, where Keemstar, uh, he removes the context of it. Yes, Keem did say that. And uh, if this were on a YouTube channel nowadays, I would not be surprised if you got a strike for it. Essentially, PewDiePie, back when PewDiePie did like the Fiverr challenge, 
uh, he paid some kid to hold up a sign that said, uh, <laughs> like, death to all, whatever. You know, I'm not going to repeat that phrase. It was like a bad joke by PewDiePie where essentially he was like, how can I get, you know, what's the most outrageous thing I can get this kid to say? And he picked something very, very bad. Uh, PewDiePie got, at the time, canceled for it. Um, I believe he lost, I can't remember if that's when he lost his, his show, Scare PewDiePie, I can't remember exactly, or that might have been the bridge incident, one of those two. But uh, nonetheless, um, Ethan Klein then basically feigned all sorts of distress over it and said how it was outrageous, even though it was also clearly a joke in that case. So what Keemstar is saying here is, hey, <laughs> you know, like, it's just a joke, relax. But he did say it in that context. He goes on to then pick another thing where he says, this video is still up on his channel in which he calls me a greedy person. Um, he makes a comment, Keemstar makes a comment about uh, Ethan Klein stealing his ad revenue and he makes a reference to, you know, that kind of stuff. Again, in 2022, that might be a strike. I don't know. But what I think he's doing here by saying this video is still up on his channel, it's like a, it's like a stealth go, go flag this video thing. Um, and then also adds, and, and this one for good measure, um, it's, a, it's obviously a joke, right? New anti-Semitic drama alert in 15 minutes. Retweet if one of the bad guys from WW2. Um, again, Obviously a joke, all three obvious jokes, um, but also by today's standards, we live in a post-joke society here on YouTube, especially like racial jokes, like those just aren't allowed on the platform unless they're about white people. Um, that's just the reality, right? I mean, anyone disagree with that? Okay. Um, although there was the, the um, Cracker Gate that was on Twitch, though, I believe. I don't know if it ever made its way to YouTube. But uh, uh, for the most part, societally, there's only one race you can make fun of. Um, and so then he continues on by saying, so my question is, how upset do you think Keemstar really was at my super offensive joke about Ben Shapiro? Essentially saying, hey, Keem doesn't like me, so he created this outrage mob just to do it. He probably did. Keemstar probably did. He's one of the pettiest people on the planet. Uh, so is, um, I mean, Ethan Klein holds a grudge stronger than any person I've ever met in my world, in my life either. These are two men that, uh, act like high schoolers or middle schoolers. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the real question here, uh, with Ethan is again, he's more concerned about, you know, Keemstar posting that clip, which essentially brought it to everyone's attention, which got it covered, uh, you know, um, then actually saying like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't have made this joke. Like you could also even like, you could even have like a mealy mouthed apology. If you're Ethan and say something like everyone, you know, Hey, obviously it was a joke, but it's a joke that is outside of bounds of the YouTube terms of service. So I got, you know, I got, I got, got by the copyright system and, you know, we'll see or by the DMCA. So we'll see you next week. Again, you'd think someone would be a little more careful uh, when they have a staff of five, six, seven people's salaries. But, you know, when it comes to getting his point across, Ethan Klein has, 
really doesn't care about anybody, in my opinion. You see Cryptetti coming in here. Interactions dipping recently, huh? Um, this is out of context. Um, bro, didn't you do blackface? Sit this one out. Yes, he did. And again, that was a joke. It was clearly a joke kind of tangentially off being blackface. He was doing some sort of facial mask that happened to be black. He said, I, I feel like he made some comment. Like, I, I, don't, I can't say for sure, but it was obvious like a meme on that. Again, a joke. Um, you know, you know, PewDiePie said the same thing. It was all jokes, though. You said the N-word and have done blackface, but no joke? Of course, you know, Ethan Klein famously spouting off the N-word while trying to impress iDubs was one of the cringiest things I've ever seen. Um, again, context matters. He wasn't calling, um, you know, it wasn't calling black people that, but he was saying it repeatedly. Also, the bundle of sticks word. Don't think he ever got struck for that. Because, you know, in the context, it kind of mattered. But you see a lot of, I mean, like nobody's, you know, in the nice deflection. You remind me of my ex, always bringing up the past. So you're trying to show everyone how similar to Keemstar you are. Is that really the move? Maybe you want to sit back and think about, I mean, like, where's the support? I mean, people are, I mean, this is just not getting well received. Of course, you know, you see Comment Cop. He's certainly got me before. They've certainly got me before. I don't know who runs the account. But, you know, here's Ethan. Someone I someone I hate someone I hate says some dumb stuff. Celebrate and support their unfair deplatforming. For example, Andrew Tate. I see some dumb stuff. People try to unfairly deplatform me. What about my free speech? Pretty good meme. Uh again, Here's Keemstar replies again. I don't care for Keemstar. I, I think he's been successful and he has a lot of money and people can't take that away from him. But I, I don't uh, I don't think he's very I don't think he's worth quote unquote looking up to. Um, and really probably nobody on YouTube, including myself, is but I don't like the guy. He's he's uh, disingenuous. He, um, you know, whatever the case, this isn't about why, he, you know, you see here Keem then striking back. Ethan even drew. Uh, the the naughty symbol on PewDiePie, and I'm not exactly sure. He's this is a picture. Um, it looks like well, that doesn't look like it. Then there's that. I mean, I I don't know. Um, it's weird. He also then Keem fires back with this video. Uh, Ethan and Hila filming Hasidic Jewish people in Israel without consent as they spew anti-Semitic tropes, calling them names while discussing how nasty they think they are. These are Ethan's real views on Hasidic Jews that he shared many times over the years. And it is, it is a really big yikes. Um, he says he calls them like gross. They're, I think they're called Shylocks. I've never met actually a Hasidic Jewish person before in my life. Um, I don't know how prevalent they are in <laughs> the middle of nowhere in, in Wisconsin, but uh, I know that they have the curly... Q hair thing on their sides and he's essentially calling it a gross rat tail and making fun of them. And, um, you know, you see it's a stereotype he's perpetuating. It's also worth noting that Orthodox Jews are much more likely to have to deal with anti-Semitic hate, um, than others because they can be easily identified as shown by Ethan's own disgusting behavior in this video. I mean, I don't care about the filming without consent thing. He has just said some vile things. And like, again, I, what this, what's at the end of this, 
mutually assured destruction between Keemstar and Ethan Klein again. Like the internet d doesn't really care about these two fighting anymore. I think um, it's that meme, like two, two R words fighting. Um, but you know, maybe just take the L Ethan and because you're going to, you're going to make it worse. More clips are going to get surfaced and then more outrage and um, all because you just couldn't take the slightest bit of responsibility for even a, a quote-unquote joke that just went a little bit too far. And last up, Elon Musk just walked into Twitter HQ carrying a literal sink. Staff panics, a YouTube clone coming. The day is here. The time is now. That's right, Elon Musk literally just watched, walked into Twitter headquarters a sink. I'm not kidding. He walked in, Twitter headquarters, carrying a sink. Now, I would have thought he would have brought a toilet to flush all the excess waste that exists at that company. But apparently, he's got a walking meme of let that sink in. And already there's internal memos flying around everywhere. Uh, there's a big meeting tomorrow where he will address employees. It's absolutely insane. I don't know exactly when he got there, but he himself tweeted it out and also changed his bio. It's done. If we go to Elon Musk's Twitter account, he literally just tweeted this out. Entering Twitter headquarters, let that sink in. It already has almost 300,000 likes in like 15 minutes. Now, I don't know if there just happened to be a sink there and he picked it up and it was, I, I don't know. Did he bring the sink from home? Here's the other thing somebody brought up. Uh, if he made tomorrow's firings uh, pay-per-view, I would pay. I would pay a large sum of money to, to watch that. Um, it is absolutely insane. Like, it's actually freaking happening I, I can't believe it right now on twitter literally twitter hq is trending uh let that sink in elon musk enters twitter hq with a practical prop uh here's his actual tweet live footage of twitter hq right now uh and he also changes twitter bio chief twit Just four hours ago, he also tweeted, a beautiful thing about Twitter is how it empowers citizen journalism. People are able to disseminate news without an establishment bias. Probably one of, uh, probably one of the biggest reasons he bought it. Also in the news, just a few minutes before this, God, there's just so much. What a wonderful time to be alive. This is going to open up, I mean, right before midterm elections too. Um, and I'm going to explain why it's so important. Many of my, my viewers already know, but it's like, if you, if you use social media, right, I'm like fully committed. I'm on rumble. I'm on uh, Twitter, truth, gab, everything, right? Why are all these alternatives primarily needed is because when ownership starts meddling in things and, and putting their fingers or their thumbs on the scales and changing the outcome and favoring one side or the other, I just talked about. I mentioned it in every video today, by the way, I'll get off it tomorrow, but there was a sub subscriber purge here on YouTube Sunday night and I lost like a thousand of you. So 
I have to keep reminding people, hey, please make sure you're still subscribed. And if you're one of the like 40% of my viewers that aren't subscribed, please make today the day that you hit that red subscribe button. I know you might have to create an account, but I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We're gonna have such a wild end of the year now. But think about what's gonna happen on Twitter now. You're gonna have a situation where de-boosting, uh, uh, shadow banning is gonna go away. Twitter is the only platform where you can, I mean, I have like 200,000 followers on Twitter. I get like, if I get a thousand interactions, that's a lot. If you look at YouTube, I have a million subscribers here. I still get roughly 10 to 15% of my subscribers interacting with my content. If as a percentage, I look at my interaction rates on Twitter, it's like 1% to 2%. It's either an algorithm that's screwing that up or it's uh, that I'm shadow, shadow banned or de-boosted or whatever. I remember what it was like to actually have my people who chose to follow me interact with me for two days when Parler was a thing. Like I was getting thousands and thousands of interactions on every single tweet on Parler with the same number of followers, actually a little bit less at the time. Then this panic email gets sent out. The email just got sent out to Twitter employees right before Elon Musk showed up at Twitter headquarters. Make it look like you're doing something. Subject line, Elon office visit. Hi team. As you'll soon hear, Elon is in San Francisco office this week, meeting with folks, walking the halls, and continuing to dive in on the important work you all do. If you're in San Francisco and see him around, say hi. For everyone else, this is just the beginning of many meetings and conversations with Elon, and you'll all hear directly from him on Friday. It's literally like, make sure make sure that you you know look busy and you look important a lot of people in here that are showing the uh you know the what is it that you do here meme and it's it's totally i mean it's 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 absolutely true if you look at twitter stock too look at that it's at 5340 right now it might be the highest it's ever been now i i don't think it can go all the way to 5420 because you have to pay some sort of tax or whatever um and and this on top of articles are also Elon hints at a major update to YouTube. There, or I'm sorry, to Twitter, where he he replied to somebody on on uh, on Twitter that said, um, "It's insane that Twitter has not currently implemented a YouTube clone. Half of my tweets are links to YouTube videos. Twitter doesn't capture any value here. If users could watch monetized videos on Twitter." Twitter could capture ad revenues and massively increase total revenue. It remains unclear. Uh, and then like Elon Musk replied to that directly. I think you see also Elon Musk is now informed both the banks and outside equity investors that he intends to close the Twitter deal Friday. No word yet on whether Elon sold more Tesla shares on Monday and Tuesday. He would have to file a form 4S no later than Wednesday night for Monday sales. If you look, so could think about this. If Twitter removed the, the biases, right? Or the bias that you see and the shadow banning and the de-boosting that we see on YouTube, right? What do you have? Like you have an all instant alternative to YouTube. People are already on their phones watching videos. 
if you look at, I think, where was this? I was trying to find the actual tweet. But and essentially, he replied to somebody that, that was saying like, hey, you should really add a YouTube clone. And he replied essentially in affirmative. If, if they add a YouTube, you know, um, the thread started once Elon takes over, it's insane, blah, 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 it remains unclear. Okay, here's the thread. And he adds a winky face. Meet Kevin, or it's, oh, dang, monetizable long-form video platform on Twitter. I'm game. Oh, my, it would be great for YouTube to have some competition. I mean, this opens up so much possibility because I already look at it this way. Something like 70 plus percent of people watch my videos on their phones. Um, I already post videos to YouTube. Uh, I'm sorry, to Twitter when they're short enough. If I could do long form videos on Twitter and be able to monetize them, um, that would be a game changer. It'd be like instantaneous, more power to content creators who are already working hard to generate the news. Now, will it be lame uh, shorts? Um, probably. You know, like that's how it'll start because it's already kind of putting that stuff into, um, into their algorithm. I'm starting to see videos. But if I could put like my long-term uh, videos or long format videos on the platform like this, I mean, it's so insane. Like it's actually happening. Elon's on site. Uh, he's meeting with employees Friday. He's already told everyone that the deal's done essentially now. Um, will he instantly walk in and fire 75% of people? No, I highly doubt that that would happen. It just seems incredibly unlikely. It also does seem reckless until such a point in which he can get like a good idea of exactly how many people he needs to cut, what, you know, what the people are, you know, who the people are that can't, you know, can't be terminated. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot that's going to happen before he does these layoffs, but he's in the building. He brought a sink. He changed his bio. The deal is done. Screech more leftist and you're going to see a lot of screeching. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. Thank you so much to my current subscribers and those that subscribed after watching this video. It is immensely helpful to being able to keep in contact with you. We'll talk to you again real soon.